1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Adam Holtz is joining us right now on 88.9 Moody Radio. He's not here really to talk about movies per se, but as you're starting a brand new year, you want to do something different, want to create some more time for you, maybe one of those ways is to examine how you handle your screen time. And that's what Adam's going to share with you right now. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, guys. How are you today? We're doing good. It's a little bit nippy down here in the Tennessee Valley, but we are grateful that we are able to get into work and and to just be an encouragement, hopefully, to people. And that's what you do, Adam. Not only do you talk about movies, but you help us understand and navigate the impact of culture. And one of the things that is all in our culture now is just social media and screen time. Yeah. You know, screen time is it's pretty much the issue. And if you do any kind of research on what parents are concerned about today, um, you know, back in the day, you might have been concerned about TV or music or, you know, I grew up in the 80s and, you know, the the D.A.R.E. program to keep kids off drugs. Yeah. And nobody talks about kids on drugs today. Everybody talks about screen time, which in its own way is kind of a drug, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so if you are a concerned parent, uh, if you are a parent who is telling the truth, that your screen time may equal your teen or tweens, you know, the question of how do we deal with screen, with screen time? Uh, it's, it's the, it's the question, right? Um, so, uh, let's talk about that a little bit today. If that sounds okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds perfect. Thank you so much for that, Adam, because uh, I know screen time, we used to talk about drugs, we talk about screen time, but it's addictive because it's designed to be addictive. It seems like it sucks you in and just before you know it, there went an hour and then you don't even know what you spent your time on. So, so talk to us about this. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let's start with a little bit of a biology lesson, which may not be what people were anticipating this morning. Um when you engage with something pleasurable, whether it's a screen, whether it's a face-to-face relationship, anything that creates pleasure in your brain, and I'm speaking broadly here, um, it releases a little hit of a neurotransmitter, which is a fancy word for a chemical in your brain, that uh, is called dopamine. And you've probably heard of dopamine. And dopamine is um, it's a we want to experience it. And actually, it's the anticipation of something good where the most dopamine is released. And so you're like, oh, I'm going to sit down and get on TikTok and, 
man, I'll bet their new Corgi video is up, right? So it doesn't <laughs> even have to be something. It doesn't have to be anything that is morally or even, you know, content-wise is problematic. It's just whatever it is that you are interested in when it comes to screens. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's video games. Maybe you're a news junkie. Maybe you have a hobby. Maybe you sell stuff like I do on, you know, different online platforms, and I'm always checking to see if people are interested in what I'm selling. Um, every time you do that, it, it, it gives you a little dopamine hit. And the best way, I think, to visualize it are those old experiment videos that we probably saw when we were growing up of, of a, you know, a mouse or a rat in a cage, and they basically let them go tap the little lever and they get a little pellet, right? Well, that's kind of what dopamine is. It's a little happy pellet for your brain. And the problem is we get habituated to it, and as with all addiction, um, you need more and more of it to have the same effect. So, you know, Tom, I think you said that these things really are designed to hook us, but they're designed in conjunction with that biochemical reality that, um, you know, we get that dopamine hit and we want more. So, you know, just as a, we can confess, and, and maybe you can say, well, I'm asking for a friend. Um, you never sit down and watch one short video on Instagram, right? Never. No. Whatever you are looking at on social media, you never just get on and look at one post on a friend's Facebook account or one video on TikTok. You know, you start scrolling, right? Mm -hmm. And you get another, boom, dopamine. And you hit another, boom, dopamine. And before you know it, you've lost 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes, an hour. Um, and that's where some of those screen time figures really come from is that it becomes compulsive. It doesn't become a sort of rational, active decision. You're just scrolling on to the next thing because your brain likes the way it makes you feel. So I think that that's sort of our starting point for understanding why this habit is so hard to kick um, because our brains become habituated to it. His name is Adam Holtz, and he's joining us right now to help us kick the screen habit. And I'm looking at some stats here that say that the average U.S. citizen spends seven hours and four minutes on their screen a day outside of work. Okay, Adam, I, yeah. I, how is that even possible? How? Well, it's possible because we're on our phones constantly. And perhaps you're not. You may have better habits and or better self-discipline and it's not it's not so much your issue but the fact is most of us use our phones as an alarm clock and you know you reach for it you pick it up in the morning you check your email you check your social media feed you might look at the news and so it's sneaky right and when you start talking about 15 minutes here half an hour there maybe you look at it at lunch maybe you pick it up throughout the day you get home, you sit down with your phone for an hour or two, maybe you turn the TV on and you're double screening. Um, that's a problem that I have. Yeah, actually. me too. I almost, I almost can't watch TV without my phone, you know, in case the TV gets boring. Um, and then, you know, you look at it before you go to bed. And I think most of us would be surprised at how that time adds up. It's mm. sneaky. Uh, and if you go, I know I have an Android phone, so... I know my kids mock me mercilessly for being an Android guy, but <laughs> Apple has a similar feature. You know, on Android, if you go to settings, there's a setting called digital well-being, and it will tell you to the second how much time you've spent on your screen, 
and it will break it down in terms of the apps and you know places you've been using your phone, and it will give you a very good sense of how you're spending that time. And I think that's a great segue for you know how we deal with screen time. Um, I, I think that we need to think of it in the same way that we think of two of my other most favorite things in the world, dieting and budgeting. Now, actually, I hate both of those because both of them remind me that I need limits to live in a healthy place. And when I spend as if there aren't limits and when I eat as if there aren't limits, it actually yields outcomes that I don't like in the long run. Uh, and I'm reminded of the passage. I'm not going to remember the reference. Uh, I think it's in one of Paul's letters. There's no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful but in the end, it yields a harvest of righteousness for those who've been trained by it. And that's the Adam Holtz paraphrase. Um, and so I think when we start talking about screen time, we have to look at it as an appetite, right? That we need to ask ourselves, what is it I'm trying to fill? How am I interacting with screens? And we have to take into account the biological stuff that I mentioned earlier, that breaking those habits is hard because we're literally rewiring our brain chemistry. And so it takes you know, scientists say somewhere between three weeks to a month to begin to rewire our brain chemistry with those habits. But um, I think we've talked about this before, but in man world, when I want to solve a problem, I get the biggest ax out and I want to take one gargantuan swing and chop the whole tree down in one fell swoop. I tend to be all or nothing in my thinking. And sometimes we're like, ah, we're going to throw the screens out. We're going to go to zero and all that. Well, that's a setup for failure. It's sort of like saying, I'm overweight, I want to lose weight, I'm going to stop eating. Yeah, that's not a, a winning strategy. But I think if we can carve it up into how can we make concrete changes that can stick, like I'm not going to look at the news in the morning when I get up, or when I get home from work at night, I'm not going to pick my phone up and be on it for an hour. I'm going to really use that time to be intentionally present with my family, maybe roommates if you're not married or don't have children, with a spouse, um, and looking for those places that we can make concrete changes that begin to alter the trajectory, you know, the course of how we use this little device. Because the information in and of itself, unless you're looking at something, you know, naughty, uh, is not necessarily bad. There's nothing wrong with connecting with friends on Facebook. There's nothing wrong with being informed about the news but we have to recognize that, you know, the medium is one that can become compulsive because it's, it's designed that way. The people who make these programs really want us to spend as much time as we possibly can on them. And so we have to be mindful of that. Um, and I'm I, mindful is one of those words that has become a buzzword. I don't really like it, but it's, it's the right word here. We have to be aware and we have to be intentional. Mm-hmm aware and intentional and i think i've been pretty unaware so i think i probably spent twice as much time on my screen as i was thinking and i would love to change my settings so that i get an update on how much screen time i have so i'm going to work on that because this is this is really important and I, i have experienced that compulsion adam where i'm about to leave the house maybe i need to go somewhere and i'm thinking oh but i need to check this and i pick up the phone and I'm already rushing because I just have to do it right then. No, and that's the, that's the nature of it. Like our, our brains really want that hit. And that is, that's the world that we're living in. It has habituated us toward, you know, thinking that's normal. Whereas, you know, I think about when, when we were growing up, 
I would come home from, you know, school and my dad would be in his chair and he would read the newspaper. Now, he might read the newspaper for half an hour or 45 minutes. And, you know, sometimes my mom would yell and say dinner's ready, you know, back in the father's knows, father knows death time. But you didn't read a newspaper eight hours a day. Why? Because the information was finite. There was a limit to it. Same thing with the evening news. Maybe you watched Walter Cronkite or Dan Rather or Peter Jennings or, you know, depending on when you grew up. Um, but you didn't watch the news 24-7. Now we live in this digital age with a functionally infinite amount of information. The Internet's going to let us keep scrolling as long as we want to. So we're the ones that have to put the brakes on that behavior.